Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He's on the radio. There must be some mistake. You're black? Annoying Negro since 1969. on the radio. Whack FM. All right, ladies, buckle up. It's showtime. Now, what's going on, all you scallywags out there? You know what time it is. It's time for the world's most hated and most racist online show in America. It's the Reese on the Radio Rundown with yours truly, Mr. Reese on the Radio. It's a pleasure to be here as always. Hello, White Mike, folks. Uh, right now, the debate, the Pennsylvania debate for the Senate seat is about to happen. We will jip it. That means join it in progress uh, as it happens. Um, It is, for those of you who don't know, if you're living under a rock, it is Dr. Mehmet Oz versus um, John Fetterman. Uh, I can never remember his first name, but yes, John Fetterman. Uh, They are going to have a debate tonight. We will jip it, join it in progress. Uh, As it goes on, it's the beginning now. Just starting up. Uh, John Fetterman is not what I call John Fetterman. Um, I call him Frankenstein from Young Frankenstein. (laughs) That's exactly who he reminds me of. Every time I see him, every time he opens his mouth, that's what I see. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's your senator, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yes, he is running for senator. I, if I'm if I'm Mehmet Oz, I'm going. I'm losing to this guy. <laughs> I can't believe I'm losing to this guy. Fetterman looks like he would. <laughs> Fetterman looks like he would pet a buddy to death. Absolutely. <laughs> That's the reason why. Now. I'm, let me jip it now because apparently they're going over the rules. Listen, to, look at this. Hold on. Let's go here. Let's see if I can get the audio here. Here we go. Oh, hold on. Washington, what qualifies you to be a U.S. Senator? You have 60 seconds. Hi, good night, everybody. I'm running to serve Pennsylvania. He's running to use Pennsylvania. Here's a man that spent more than $20 million of his own money to try to buy that seat. I'm also having to talk about something called the Oz rule, that if he's on TV, he's lying. He did that during his career on his TV show. He's done that during his campaign about lying about our record here. And he's also lying probably during this debate. And let's also talk about the elephant in the room. I had a stroke. He's never let me forget that. And I might miss some words during this debate, mush two words together, but it knocked me down, but I'm gonna keep coming back up. And this campaign is all about, to me, is about fighting for everyone in Pennsylvania that ever got knocked down that needs to get back up and fighting for all forgotten communities all across Pennsylvania that also got knocked down that needs to keep get back up. Thank you very much, Mr. Federer. Mr. Oz, you are a doctor, a businessman, and television personality. But this is your first run for elected office. What qualifies you to be a U.S. Senator from Pennsylvania? You have 60 seconds. I'm running for the U.S. Senate because Washington keeps getting it wrong with extreme positions. I want to bring civility, balance, all the things that you want to see because you've been telling it to me on the campaign trail. And by doing that, we can bring us together in a way that has not been done of late. Democrats, Republicans talking to each other. John Fetterman takes everything to an extreme, and those extreme positions hurt us all. Let's take crime as an example because it's been such a big problem. Maureen Faulkner accompanied me today to the studio. You know that her husband was a police officer in Philadelphia. He was brutally murdered. John Fetterman, during this crime wave, has been trying to get as many murderers convicted and sentenced to life in prison out of jail as possible, including people who are similar to the man who murdered her husband. He does it without the, with the rest of the parole board agreeing. He's doing it without the families on board. These radical positions extend beyond crime to wanting to legalize all drugs, to open the border, uh, to, to raising our taxes. I want Washington to be civil again, where you need it to be less radical. John Fetterman, unfortunately, okay. would bring that. Mr. Oz, thank you. Lisa. All right, gentlemen. <laughs> okay. So as you can gather, it's, you know, it's going to be contentious. What I found funny there was Fetterman said, good night, everybody. <laughs> God bless you, Fetterman.
He began his campaign as he ended it. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> now, I know it's messed up to do this to him. But that's what you're getting. <laughs> and in Pennsylvania, if you vote for him for senator, that's it. That's what he's going to be known as for the rest of his term. From day one, January 1st, ladies and gentlemen, or January 20th. That's what he's going to be known as. He's going to be known as putting on the Ritz. <laughs> anyway, so we'll join it. We'll go back and forth, um, as it were, uh, <laughs> to, to check in on Dr. Oz and Fetterman. Uh, also in uh, the news, look, Nancy Pelosi, I've never heard anything funnier, okay? The, the Democrats are dragging old ass, I mean, played ass Barack Obama back out on the campaign trail. Now, remember when they used to do this with uh, Bill Clinton? They used to drag his old bones out every time the Democrats were having a problem. So now they want to drag out Barack Obama. For what? Barack Obama is not, is not on the ballot anywhere. He's not running for president anymore. Michelle Obama's not running for president anymore. What is Obama coming out the campaign for them for? So, he, so people can remember, oh yeah, Obama's here. I'm going to vote for Democrats. No one's. Barack Obama knows that even whatever state he goes to, whatever state he goes to, people are not voting because they get to see Barack Obama on the campaign trail. They're voting so they don't have to pay 10 to $15 for bacon, $5 for gas. Okay? They don't have to spend a fortune for Thanksgiving this year. That's why they're voting. They're voting to get rid of the policies that got us here. And Barack Obama, if you run your ass out there, attaching yourself to the legacy of, uh, 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 of old Joe, as your former employee, you can forget it, buddy. <clears throat> Don't tarnish your legacy. Stay home. Just stay home. You don't want to tie your ass to this economy because people are going to remember. If it gets worse, they're going to say, hey, remember Obama was out here touting this economy, trying to convince us that this was good for us to keep voting for the same nonsense. You don't want to do that to your legacy, dude. You just cost the city of Chicago a billion dollars for your library. You got that story away from everybody. You don't want that story to come back up. Not at this rate. So if I, if I was you, I'd stay home. But Nancy Pelosi is out there running uh, the gambit saying that abortion was not the issue that Democrats are running on. And why is she saying that? Because she found out that nobody cares. Abortion ranks number seven. Up top, economy, inflation, crime, immigration. Was it a miscalculation to believe that the momentum from striking down Roe versus Wade was going to help Democrats? Uh, why not talk more about these issues around the economy? Well, I can just say this. Uh, nobody ever, the elections are about the future. They're about uh, the economy. Everybody knows that. Nobody said we're doing in, uh, uh, abortion rather than the economy. Are you kidding me? It was just Nancy Pelosi who I played yesterday. You all heard it. She said when somebody mentions inflation, 
we have to change the subject. That's exactly what she said. On the same program, when someone mentions inflation, we have to change the subject. Now she's saying, oh, we never made this about abortion. You never did? Never once? Really? Because what I remember is that this conversation was everywhere. Do you support any limitation on abortion or does it, do you think that women should have the right to have an abortion all the way up to nine months? I believe an abortion is a medical decision. Do you think there should be any limitation on abortion? Uh, no, I do not. Would you support any restrictions on abortion up until birth, for example? Well, I'll tell you, I support us going back to Roe. Would you have any limits to abortion access? You know, the question really isn't what limits. Do you support any restrictions on abortion? I don't. Abortion is health care. Does that equate to no limits? Look, there is no one-size-fits-all limit. That's and, and what I believe is that my personal belief has no space in a woman's doctor's appointment. Look, you, you, you got to leave it up to the, to the woman. Are there any restrictions whatsoever that the president would support when it comes to abortion? He be- again, he believes in the provisions that Roe had. Um, and that's where he stands. Um, what the president has said very publicly is that he supports a woman's right to choose. A- he supports the right of a woman to make choices about her own body with her doctor. What limits do you believe there should be? I don't want the story to be about inflation. I don't have to tell anybody why I made the choice to keep or not keep a child. This is something that is core to who we are. That's right. It's core to who we are, they said. Core to who we are. Nancy Pelosi, last one there. Yeah, we never made this about abortion, she says. Sure you did. But it's, it's about both. And I can tell you that that issue is very, very uh, provocative and, and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, encouraging people to vote across the country. It's encouraging people to vote, you say, Nancy Pelosi? Uh, not necessarily, my dear. Here are the numbers. It's seventh. It's seventh. The economy, inflation, crime, election integrity is is ahead of abortion. Guns. Guns are actually behind election integrity. I thought you guys were big on the whole guns. After Uvalde, the guns thing should be up there with the 76% with the inflation. It's not. Economy and inflation. You think about that. That's one in the same. Okay? That's one in the same. Then crime. Then elections. Then guns. Then immigration. Abortion is behind immigration. And by the way, all six of these things your administration, the administration and your party ignored. All of them. The only thing you paid attention to is the one that's last on this list. Seventh, what are you talking about? The rest of Nancy Pelosi's nonsense. Having just been there, not sitting in Washington, but while going around the country. But I would say this. 24% of like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Having gone all across the country. Anybody remember Nancy Pelosi going all over the country? Nancy Pelosi didn't go all over the country. Nancy Pelosi went to Taiwan. Anybody remember that? Went all over the country. She went on an unannounced trip to Taiwan that the White House was trying to prevent her from doing. 
went all the way around the country. Give me a break. Anyway, aside from that, oh, let's check in with the uh, let's check in with the boys. Um, here's uh, Fetterman um, and uh, Dr. Memon Oz at their debate. Oops, sorry, sorry about that. That's that's not it. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> my bad. My bad. That's a mistake. I apologize. It's remarkable. He hasn't really had any answer that he actually had about that in his. He doesn't want to talk about having somebody having a living wage and having somebody able to survive again. And I want to come back to you now, Mr. Oz, for a quick follow-up. What do you say to those Pennsylvanians that he just spoke of that are trying to survive on seven twenty-five an hour, which is less than all of our neighbors? You have thirty seconds. Oh, I don't think you should have to survive on seven twenty-five an hour. I want the minimum wage up as high as it can go. I want to highlight that I have an agenda for prosperity, unlike John Fetterman. I want us all getting paid a lot more than fifteen dollars. And I answered your question directly in a way that would preserve business owners job creators so they thrive and we'd have lots more employees entering the workforce and then prospering getting paid 25 35 45 dollars an hour but we're never going to get there if we don't unleash our energy and john fetterman's stubbornness on calling it a stain on pennsylvania is an insult to those workers to be clear you said you want people making a lot more but that's not through a federal law of minimum wage that's through market forces market forces should drive okay. it up anyway and it's already yeah. done that thank you you know you should be able to all get right. paid much more than 15 dollars an hour thank you lisa all right thank you Jeff. Gentlemen, another big issue for voters is abortion. Mr. Here we go. We will begin with you. You say that you're pro-life, but you do support abortion exceptions in the cases of rape, incest, and to protect the life of the mother. Aside from those three exceptions, should abortion be banned in America? 60 seconds. There should not be involvement from the federal government in how states decide their abortion decisions. As a physician, I've been in the room when there's some difficult conversations happening. I don't want the federal government involved with that at all. I want women, doctors, local political leaders, letting the democracy that's always allowed our nation to thrive to put the best ideas forward so states can decide for themselves. Contrast that with my opponent, John Fetterman, who on this debate stage said that he would demand federally mandated rules for all states they'd have to follow that would allow abortion at 38 weeks on the delivery table and he would force it to be subsidized by taxpayers across the country no matter what their personal beliefs are that's radical that's extreme that is out of touch with what the average voter in pennsylvania believes is appropriate now ironically john fetterman has been running ads on this topic dishonest ads i need to correct the record they were so bad they got pulled off television stations I've got, even on this station, he was running dishonest ads that I had pulled off. I haven't had a single ad pulled down. My ads tell the truth. John Fetterman's are a fiction of his imagination. All right. I'm going to let Mr. Fetterman respond specifically about the ads being pulled off the air, and then we will return to you, Mr. Oz. Mr. Fetterman. Yeah. I want to look into the face of every woman in Pennsylvania. You know, if you believe that the choice of your reproductive freedom belongs with Dr. Oz, then you have a choice. But if you believe that's not what he said, the choice for abortion belongs between you and your doctor. That's what I fight for. Roe v. Wade for me is should be the law. He celebrated when Roe v. Wade went down and my campaign would fight for Roe v. Wade. And if given the opportunity to codify it into law. All right. Thank you, Mr. Fetterman. Going back to you, I want to circle back to something that you said, Mr. Oz. You mentioned the decision to regulate abortion. 
should be something that is left up to the states. Now, Republican Senator Lindsey Graham has introduced a federal bill to ban abortion after 50. Why would you bring up Lindsey Graham's about this question before? If the vote were held today, you were elected senator, you're on the Senate floor, the clerk calls you, there's a roll call vote. Are you a yay or a nay? How would you vote on the Lindsey Graham bill? You have 30 seconds. Lisa, I don't even need 30 seconds. I'll give you a bigger answer. I am not gonna support federal, federal rules that block the ability of states to do what they wish to do. The abortion decision should be left up to states, and specifically when John Fetterman wants- You roll with Doug Mastriano. John, when you I'm done, can, John, you'll have your turn, Mr. John. One moment, Mr. Fetterman. Continue, Mr. I've Oz. I've been very clear on my desire as a physician not to interfere with how states decide. So when John purposely, knowingly misrepresents that to women, he scares them. He's purposely trying to alarm them, and the fear-mongering isn't working. Running tens of millions of dollars of ads claiming that I'm against all abortions when he knows that's not right, claiming that I'm going to be strict with Pennsylvania when he knows that's not honest. I can't be any clearer that I've been on the stage today. John Fetterman, if you just hear that one story today, I'd be really happy, but I know you're not going to because you're going to go right back to telling the fables that you believe. Mr. Oz, I want a 15-second clarification. You are saying that you would leave it up to the states that the federal government does not... What are you missing? Here. So are you saying you would Jesus. Any bill that violates what I said, which is the federal government in interfering with the state rule on abortion, I would vote against. What I feel strongly about is that women in Pennsylvania understand what I'm saying and not believe that someone who's taken an extreme position like John Fetterman represents them because most women do not believe that we should, at a federal level, codify 38 weeks of, of uh, permission to have an abortion and have taxpayers pay for it. So now, bet you, I'll put any amount of money on it. They are not going to ask Fetterman about his 38-week abortion up to the date of birth. I'm promising you that's going to just, just skipped over. ...should be safe and legal. Do you support any limits on when a woman can have an abortion? Please explain in 60 seconds. He won't. You know, what I support, I support on Roe v. Wade. That was the law of the land for 50 years. He celebrated when it fell down, and I would fight to reestablish on Roe v. Wade. That's what I run on. That's what I believe. And I've always believed that the choice believes women and their doctors. And he believes that the choice should be with him or Republican legislators all across this nation. All right. I'm sorry, okay. I must correct that. Once again, he's misrepresented what I've said, but he also said something very dishonest. On this debate stage, he said very specifically in his primary debate, when he was still debating, that he would support 38 weeks of uh, mandated rules by the federal government that would prevent any state from blocking it. So that's not Roe that, versus that's Wade. That's not true. I support Roe v. Wade. That's the simple. John, you said specifically you would support right, a federal you, rule Oz. on 38 Oz, weeks. Thank you. How thank could, you. That's, we, I think we, it's we, important that John at least acknowledge that he's not honest here because you said the all right, opposite Mr. on Oz, TV. We must continue on. Mr. Fetterman, turning to you, we have a follow-up question. Mm. Would you support allocating federal funds to transport women who live in states where abortion is banned to states where they can get one, and why? 30 seconds. I would. I would, because I believe abortion rights is a, a universal right for all women in America. I believe that it, I believe abortion is health care, and I believe that that is a choice that belongs with each woman and their doctor. All right, thank you, Mr. Mr. Fetterman. Turning to the next issue, Dennis. Thank you, Lisa. Let's turn to what has become one of the key themes of this race, fitness to serve. Uh-oh. These... Yeah, well, well, as I said, the bottom line is, is that I knew that he, Fetterman was never going to be honest about that answer. Oh, I'm for Roe. I'm for Roe. I'm for Roe. Even though he admitted 
as Dr. Oz pointed out um, in his um, primary race, he said that a woman should get, be able to get an abortion up to the date of birth. Anyway. Oh, and not only that, if you need any clarification, hold on. Here Do it you is. Support any limit- hold on. Here's Fetterman himself when he was asked, just in case you missed it. Here it is right here. Here's Fetterman in his own words. Do you support any restrictions on abortion? I don't. He says, I don't. I don't support any restrictions on abortion. Bottom line. So we know he's being dishonest. Anyway, so I wanted to play this piece because Elsie Jordan has been getting a lot of burn over at MSNBC because she spoke, speaking of Pennsylvania, she was in uh, Buck County in Pennsylvania near Pittsburgh talking to voters. Well, she talked to African-American voters, which we played yesterday. She talked about swing voters, which were primarily women and, and, and minorities, but they were primarily women who voted for uh, Joe Biden. And they openly admitted that they do not want Joe Biden to run in 2024. Um, And they also said that he's unfit, that he would be unfit to run. But then Elsie Jordan decided for the first time, probably in her career, she'd talk to Republicans. And these people are Donald Trump supporters through and through. And while she meandered on about what she considers the facts of January 6th, she got quite the response from these Trump supporters. Doug Mastriano was at the insurrection and he was photographed breaching one of the restricted areas. Is that okay? Which area? Because I saw a video where Capitol officers were taking away barriers and unlocking doors for people. So, I mean, I... They opened the gates. So it shouldn't be disqualifying for an elected official if they participated in January 6th. He didn't strike anybody. He didn't hurt anybody. And the only one that died was a protester there, not a Capitol police officer. An unarmed female veteran. That's the only one that died. That's the only one who died. A police officer did die. No, it was a stroke. That's not. That's not, not on site. Caused by that, that's because right. he shouldn't have been a police officer. It was one woman. So, what do you him. make though overall of January sixth? I mean, it was watching that footage. It was pretty disturbing. I mean, there were people throwing excrement at the walls, and it was our, you know, it's the Capitol. Now you hear her. It's like, it's like, what did you think of that? You know, it was pretty horrific, don't you think? Don't you think a lot of that stuff was horrific? Well, I don't think that she was prepared to get this answer. A lot like Antifa's actions. Yeah, well, Except on a much smaller scale, it looked the same as the Black Lives Matter riots. That's what I saw, the similarities to be. Minneapolis burns, Kenosha burns. But so it's okay just because because one side that you disagree with? I'm saying Antifa infiltrated. It's good for one, it's good for the other. Anybody who harms anybody, anybody who caused property destruction, that needs to be dealt with. But if you're there making your voice heard at the people's house, no less, that's, again, it's a fundamental constitutional right of an American citizen and people should not be being held political prisoner uh, because of it for misdemeanors that's East Germany that's East Germany tactics yeah that's what's scary so she doesn't really know how to respond to any of this because she's never spoken to anyone who gave the sort of an opposite view of what what was seen what's shown on MSNBC or what's talked about on MSNBC talk about living in a bubble She's completely shocked at this point. But the next comment that comes has got to be the piece de resistance. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, it's an actual fiery but mostly peaceful protest. (laughs) (laughs) Applaud that woman. If you missed it, this is her again. She says this. It was an actual fiery but mostly peaceful protest. (laughs) It was a fiery but mostly peaceful protest. (laughs) And what does she mean by that? She means this. It was an actual fiery but mostly peaceful protest. You're seeing, Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin, over the course of the night. A second night since Jacob Blake was seen shot in the back seven times by a police officer. I, I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it is not uh, It is not generally speaking unruly, but fires have been started and, and there's a crowd. That- yeah. <laughs> A fiery but mostly peaceful protest. And somebody laughs in the background after she says it. Listen to it again. But mostly peaceful protest. And the other ones that were the opposite. Was the protest legitimate in your eyes? administration, I feel like, is using it as their Reichstag fire. That's exactly what they're using it as. Mm -hmm. They couldn't believe that they heard that. (laughs) She couldn't believe it. And I don't blame her for being shocked. I don't blame her for being shocked. <laughs> Hold on one second. Let's go to the phones. <laughs> it's White Mike. What is going on, sir? How are you today? <laughs> oh, pretty good, man. Uh, how come they always make a big deal about how many times some criminal gets shot? Oh, you mean... Like, would they... Would yeah. they be okay if it was just a shot to the dome <laughs> and one did the job? I don't understand why it matters. I mean, it, if, of course, it, Blake, did he, he didn't even die. Yeah, I know. He was paralyzed. But again, saying that he was shot seven times is the, the objective for that reporter is to report the excess. And, you know, in, in essence, that's where he's looking at it. He's like, oh, excessive force seven times. That's why he's put, bringing it up. He's he tried to evoke some sort of emotion out of people. He was shot seven times in the back. Oh my goodness! And in essence, but, it's supposed to bring some sort of drama to it. But if some cop one taps some guy, they'd say, "Oh, this assassin cop shot this poor guy in the head. He meant yeah. to kill him." So <laughs> there's no win, right? Yeah. So oh, absolutely not. Back real quick to when they showed the polling about mm-hmm. what mattered to voters. Um, oh yeah, and. And, well, they're a little tricky because they're they're putting these answers in very limited categories, like it's just right. the economy or it's just crime. Right, right, when they right. got me was it's just guns. Right, right, right. Well, what they're what they're wanting you to think there is that everybody thinks the way they think. Right. That the sixty two percent who said guns said, "Oh man, I want those guns out of here." That's right. But it's highly likely that most of those people are pro-firearm, 
and they're concerned about gun control. That's correct. I think more people are worried about having their gun rights usurped than are worrying about taking away people's gun rights. Uh, absolutely true, and I do believe that. Now, I saw you when you posted that. It's true. It's a very vague, and it's a reason why this poll was done like this um, by, uh, by CBS News. It's done in a very vague way. It's like even the questions on economy, 80% of people who are, uh, who are concerned about the economy, they don't break that poll down as like, what were the questions asked based on the economy? Do you believe the economy is bad? Do you believe the economy is good? Because again, giving, yeah. giving a politician an opportunity to say, yeah, it's 80% of people are concerned about the economy, uh, meaning that they're very, very excited about what we're doing and they're hoping that we get a chance to do more. <laughs> <laughs> and and election issues could easily just be people who I don't want to see the election stolen again. Exactly. Where the Democrats have some shady crap up their sleeves. Exactly. But the one that gets me is crime, right? Right. And you know I'm not one to shy away from saying some borderline controversial stuff. Uh, borderline? Um, but, <laughs> yeah, right. But but what crime are people concerned about? Yeah. Are they concerned with embezzlement? What? <laughs> Well, like that, you know they, they don't mean yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, they're not concerned with property theft right. or property crimes or right. tax evasion. Yeah. They're concerned with violent crime. That's correct. Right? That's they're, correct. And, and they're, that's their fear. They're worried about somebody taking the things they have by force or that's hurting right. them on purpose. And, or hurting so them in the, in the process of taking what's theirs. Well, you know, I, I watched a clip from the... Oregon senators debate yes. uh, with the woman who's been there for like 30 years or Patty mm -hmm. Murray and this yeah. other woman. And they talked about crime. And the first thing this Patty Murray woman said was, well, we have to do something about guns. And I'm like, I'm, I'm so tired of the, well, they have to be PC. Okay? Right. Political politics got to be PC. The media's got to be PC. But we don't have a gun crime problem in America. We That's don't. Right. We guns don't. are not a problem because there's places in this country where everybody's got 16 firearms and nobody gets shot. That's right. We have a violent crime problem, and very specifically, we have a very small part of the population that's committing all the crime. And they like, won't admit it's that. It's not like they won't admit no, that it's out of that, fear yeah. of calling somebody racist or being deemed well, a racist yourself. These are the same people that'll spout the line. You've all heard it. Well, you know, if they put all the numbers of police in the suburbs that they put in the inner city, you would have the exact same amount of crime. Bull. And that's the Bull. most inane bullshit because <laughs> I live in the suburbs and we don't have shootings. There's no tagging and vandalism and nobody's right. breaking into, you know, you know, Sycamore Lane because yeah. – We'll call the police, and right. the police will come, and we'll cooperate with them. And the interesting part about <laughs> yeah. it is, is like, first of all, if you're suggesting that if you put the same amount of cops in the suburb that you do in the inner city, and you'll get the same amount of crime, then just answer one simple statistic for me. Why is it that everybody in the inner city is busting their ass to get out of the inner city and move into the crime-ridden suburbs? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> <You> nobody... <laughs> You and I have said it before, man. Nobody makes it and then says, hey, I'm going to go fix up that spot in the project. No one does. They never will. Never. As soon as that money hits, everybody's out. I don't blame them. Like, no white person that comes in the trailer park and makes it says, I'm going to get a triple wide this time. You know? <laughs> yeah. But it's just 
it's just crazy. Like, I'm, I, look at Pennsylvania. What a, what a choice these people have. Yeah. What a horrible choice. They have the, the fake Republican shady the TV doctor who lied about every snake oil crap that came down the pike to make a buck. Indeed. Who supported transitioning children, by the way. Mm-hmm. Or you have a retard. <laughs> yeah. You know, what, what's the choice? Jesus Christ, at least my choice for governor or senator is kind of awesome and simple. I've got an awesome guy versus a criminal, and then I have Marco Rubio versus the angriest black woman in America. Right. <laughs> you know, Val Demings in that debate was an asshole. Yeah. Like she was stepping to him with aggressive body language like she was fixing to start taking off Lee Press-On nails and dangly earrings. <laughs> Yeah, but that means that's what she's losing because she knows that Rubio is going to be there with a degree of decorum. And if she she portrays that, what do they say about her if, she, if, the, if somebody criti- criticizes her behavior? Oh, the angry black woman syndrome. So she can act any way she wants to. She's, she's got the complexion for the protection. That's all it is. I guess, man, because it was, it was rough. I mean, like, if a man stepped to me like that, I would be concerned that it was about to go off. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, yeah, so I don't know, man. Uh, the Pennsylvania thing's crazy. Uh, yeah. I don't think we have a winner there. Uh, you know, I don't think so are. either, other than the fact that Fetterman, look, I'm pretty, pretty sure Fetterman's been preparing uh, um, pretty well. But, look, I'm waiting for a huge fumble on all of this. But my favorite one was when he was like, hello, everybody. Good night. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like that, I think you mean good evening. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Thanks, man. Oh, always on the check-in, sir. Always appreciate that. Hey, I want to give um uh my prayers to um to to Carl, who's not here, hasn't been here for the last couple of days. His son, who's in the ER. Um, we are um we're 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 praying for for you, Carl. And you know you're always gonna be a part of this show. And you're in my prayers. Keep me posted on everything. We're rooting for little Sean. Sean's my little hero. Uh, he is employee of the month every month. Uh, he's an adorable little kid. You can see him on my um, my Facebook page. Um, but uh, send your prayers out to his son, Sean. He's in the ER now. He just got word that the baby's doing okay. Um, in fact, let me just read what he wrote here. He says, for everyone here um, uh, uh, who know me, I said, I need your, I need your prayers. Uh, he's in the ER, and he is sick. He's being told that he's okay, but he's, I still need your prayers. And, of course, you, dude, you don't have to ask twice. You know we got him. Um, we got him here. Anyway, so uh, before I play the last bit, let's go back to the um, to the debate with uh, John Fetterman and um, and uh, what's his name? Um, Dr. Emmett, Mehmet Oz. Hold on one second. I think I have him here. I'm sorry. I did that wrong again. I'm sorry. Here it is. What do you believe is the greatest foreign threat to the United States of America? You have 60 seconds. I, I believe, I, I believe, you know, is, is right now is, is China. I believe China is not our friend. 
And I believe that we can't be able to push back and we need to stand against China. And I believe that Dr. Oz has chosen to uh, manufacture all of his merchandise on his name on it in China. Which one of us on this stage is going to stand up against and stand firm against China? You know, and I believe that's our single biggest issue right now to make sure that we address China and make sure that we know that it's not our friend. Mr. Oz, what do you believe is the greatest foreign threat to the United States of America? You have 60 seconds. The fact that our country is not projecting strength. Take, for example, what we're doing with Iran. In order to try to get them to give us a little oil so we can deal with the catastrophe that Russia has caused, uh, we have gone to them and tried to sign a, a deal that would allow them once again to have the nuclear power to blow up Israel, which they promised they would do. John Fetterman supports that deal. It doesn't make any sense for America to treat our enemies better than our allies. We have to message with our strong voice and the energy we have in our country that we have control over our future. And the best way for America to establish its dominance is to unleash the energy here in Pennsylvania and across the country. By not doing that, not only do we cause all kinds of problems with local jobs and inflation, but we're destroying our ability to remain energy dominant and we're not able to become allies like we should be for countries like European nations, which are going to struggle their, with their coldest winter ever. It's the best way to punch Putin back and to teach China a lesson is American energy to reign supreme. And John Fetterman doesn't like American energy, and they are scared of him because they know they can't trust them. All right. Well, that's it there. Let's go to probably the most important um, issue that we got going on earlier. I played... Um, the exchange between Elsie Jordan and these Trump voters about what's going on at uh, the, the January 6th hearings, or January 6th for that matter. But a story that no one appears to be talking about was just recently covered by Cheryl Atkinson, one of my favorite reporters. Um, she's on my top five list of reporters. Well, Cheryl Atkinson has uh, had an exclusive interview with somebody who... I would think many people in the media would want to talk to, but they have not. And this is a current FBI employee who is now turned whistleblower. He is not fired. He has been suspended without pay. Why has he been suspended without pay? Well, Cheryl Atkinson explains. Welcome to Full Measure. I'm Cheryl Atkinson. The FBI has been mired in controversy. An FBI lawyer caught doctoring documents to spy on a Donald Trump campaign supporter. Former FBI Director James Comey, given a pass after being referred for criminal charges, he allegedly mishandled documents in a campaign to smear Trump. The FBI misdirecting the public on the Hunter Biden laptop just before the election. And of course, the FBI's Russia collusion probe of Trump ginned up by the Clinton campaign. All this time, we've heard little to nothing publicly from FBI insiders until now. Today we begin with a remarkable interview with a current FBI agent, Stephen Friend. He claims that things are so broken at high levels inside the nation's premier law enforcement agency that he had to blow the whistle. Now who would want to talk to this guy? With all of those scandals going on, very serious scandals inside the premier law enforcement agency, as Cheryl Atkinson calls them, Here's a guy on the inside. This is, under any other circumstances, this is somebody like blowing up COINTELPRO. The FBI is corrupt, and this guy knows where the bodies are buried. But it's better than that. 
what he tells Cheryl Atkinson in his interview is mind-boggling. Financial incentives to gin up reports on January 6th, but none of that, none of that being applied to agents who were looking up cases that involve child sexual abuse. Stephen Friend started his career as an FBI special agent in 2014. That's Friend with FBI Director James Comey at graduation. He says his job was without controversy until he began questioning some of the FBI's motives and practices. It began with the political kidnapping plot against Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, a Democrat, putting the focus on domestic terrorism weeks before the 2020 presidential election. The FBI Detroit office opened an investigation on individuals that said they were part of a militia that was intending on kidnapping and assassinating Gretchen Whitmer. We were one of the tactical teams that assisted with the takedowns there. So we, we executed that warrant and uh, drove away. I thought that I'd done, done good work that day. Now in the intervening time, there was uh, a lot came out with the trials of those individuals. What came out was that the FBI was driving the kidnapping plot through multiple informants and undercover agents. They included the militia group leader, Dan Chappell, an FBI informant who took the lead in plotting Whitmer's kidnapping and offered up a credit card to buy bullets and supplies paid for by the FBI. Yeah, what we found out was that this informant was pretty much in charge of the kidnapping plot and recruiting others to be involved. It was an entrapment case. Bongino spoke with the guy doing, uh, along with the one other. Oh, he did Bongino talk about him on, on his weekend show? Because nobody's, why are they not on any other primetime shows? Anyway, she went on. In the fallout, it appeared that the undercovers and the uh, case agents were driving this case and driving this narrative to entrap individuals who were uh, not disposed to commit the crimes. And I, I frankly felt like I'd been used as, you know, a, as an apparatchik of a politically driven agency. And Friend went on to what he thought was a long-term assignment working child exploitation cases under the FBI's Jacksonville, Florida field office. But just three months into the assignment, he was reassigned to a higher priority, January 6th domestic terrorism cases. January 6th refers to the giant Washington, D.C. rally in 2021 with masses of Trump supporters challenging the election of President Biden. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Many protesters were peaceful and were allowed into the Capitol as police stood by. Others became violent. The FBI launched aggressive and expansive investigations. Friend says financial incentives rewarded FBI managers who built lots of cases under the heading of domestic terrorism. So is it accurate to say the local FBI offices that brought January 6th cases probably saw financial benefit, at least the individual executives with the FBI in those offices? Yes. 
Is it accurate to say, as far as you know, there were not bonuses being given for child exploitation cases? As far as I know, there weren't. As you started reading up and gathering facts, what were some of the thoughts that you had about the January 6th incident and the cases? I, I had sort of a mixed review. To me, there, there were some, some violent uh, actions by individuals that probably warranted uh, criminal prosecution. But then I also saw other cases where the individual was simply walking into the Capitol building with the permission of Capitol Police officers. And it told the FBI that very same fact. And, and on occasion, there was surveillance video to support it. It kind of seemed to me that it was a waste of our valuable resources to pursue even a, an interview with that individual if we had them on video not committing any crime and just walking into the Capitol building, which is their right to do as an American citizen. Now, you heard the earlier people, the Trump supporters, who were talking about people were walking into it. It was pretty much a trespassing uh, beef, which in most cases, if you're escorted in or allowed in by the Capitol Police, it's not necessarily trespassing, right? But it's again, it's a misdemeanor if you want to go that route. The Capitol Police, who were in charge of protecting said building, allowed people in the door. So if you're allowing them into the door, bottom line is that's pretty much negates any charges and that's why Stephen friend here is saying look I, what are we what are we even pursuing this for we have videotape of the guy not committing any crime he's walking through the capitol he's taking pictures in front of busts and statues let him go no not the fbi it's been widely reported that the fbi had undercover agents in the january 6th crowd though they won't say how many and with some protesters claiming they were allowed into the Capitol, Friend says it harkens back to the Governor Whitmer plot. With the overlap of you know, the way that those individuals were uh, or may have been entrapped, and I saw that some of these individuals on January 6th were being allowed into the Capitol by police officers, there was certainly an element of that that to me smelled a little bit like entrapment. And I didn't want to make the same mistake twice. There was that once shame on you, twice shame on me thinking that I had. For Friend, things completely unraveled in August. That's when he says he declined to take part in what he considered unnecessary and heavy-handed FBI raids on multiple January 6th suspects in Florida. What did you think was so wrong about the raids? I, I felt that there was definitely a, a, um, a harder hand in the way that the arrests and the searches were going to be carried out. Uh, regardless of the individual's involvement in January 6th, they had been interviewed. There had been open line of communication between the FBI and those individuals. But there are other mechanisms that I felt that were better. You know, if it was using surveillance to arrest an individual when he was outside his home and, and you know, identifying him on the way to work and doing an arrest there, that could be warranted. Can you arrange someone to turn themselves in through their attorney? Yes, it's a process called issuing a summons to somebody, and it's very common, especially in white-collar, uh, nonviolent crimes. For refusing to take part in the raids, Friend says he received an ultimatum, then a suspension from the FBI's Jacksonville special agent in charge, Sherry Onks. What'd she say? She said that it, it appeared to her that I lost faith in the agency and its leadership and that I represented a very fringe belief uh, about the events of January 6th not needing the heavy-handedness that the FBI was treating them, and that the, my belief that there could be potential abuses of power that it was incumbent on me to call out as a matter of my oath 
of office. She said that that was a very fringe belief and that uh, you know, I needed to do some soul searching about whether or not I wanted to have a future in the FBI. Sounds like a threat to me. <laughs> That's what that sounds like to me. The FBI declined our interview request, but told Full Measure it investigates individuals who commit or intend to commit violence and other criminal activity that constitutes a federal crime or poses a threat to national security. Which none of those individuals who walked in and took pictures were doing at all. We are committed to upholding the constitutional rights of all Americans. Stop lying. And will never open an investigation based solely on First Amendment activity. Until you started arresting uh, fathers and ministers who were protesting um, uh, abortion clinics, their First Amendment right. Friend is still technically employed at the FBI, but suspended without pay and hoping that putting his job on the line makes a difference. I don't think should be lost that the FBI, our premier law enforcement agency in this country domestically, could be, in your view at least, doing things that are the antithesis of what they're supposed to be doing. I apply to the FBI because I believe in the mission. I look at my responsibility as uh, I want to combat bullying, and that's why I became a special agent. If the FBI becomes the bully, that doesn't change my responsibility. I need to stand up and, and face that down, even if it means my career. And if the FBI is willing to become a bully, then it's truly lost. Well, there you go. A side that we rarely see from the FBI, but whistleblowers coming out. I'm going to check out the Bongino interview. Thank you for that, Rama. I want to hear about that. Rama also says that uh, Stephen Friend's wife got suspended from FBI after sending a private message. I want to hear more about that as well. All right, you know what that sound means. It's time for me to get up out of here. As I always say, radio is free, but oh, wait a minute. Hold on, I forgot. Hold on, I stop. I forget tomorrow. Sorry, at 11 a.m., folks. Damn it, why would I forget that? Tomorrow morning at 11 a.m., I am, where is it? Oh, darn it. I cannot believe that I don't have it here. Do I not have it here? Yeah, sorry, there it is. That's it right there. Is that it? There it is. Yep, go to WTIC.com. Resun Radio will be on WTIC tomorrow at 11 a.m. Uh, filling in for uh, Tom Shattuck. Uh, that is 11 to 3 tomorrow. And on Friday, I'll be on from 9 to, uh, to, what, 9 to 11? 9 to 11. Yeah, filling in for um, Father, um, uh, for Pastor, uh, Pastor, uh, Pastor Will. Yes. Gosh, how could I forget his name? So, yeah, so tomorrow, be sure to check me out. That's me right there, WTIC.com. Um, I will be on the um, Tom Shattuck show. All right, so check that out, and I will see you all tomorrow. Anyway, with that, as I always say, radio was free, so we thank you for paying attention. Remember to keep JC in your hearts and in your mind, Sean Patrick. We love you, and we miss you. Remember that panic is not planning, so plan your work and work your plan. Me, I'm Reese on the radio. You. Have a good night and a pleasant tomorrow because we hope to see you back here tomorrow too. Have a good night, everybody. I love you.